TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Time now for the Brian Barrett Show on EEI. There was a lot of overlap in your playing career with New England being great because they've been great for a long yeah, time. Yeah, beat my butt a lot. Look, that. <laughs> They had, they had, what, one brief moment a year ago where, where yeah. okay, not great. W- what's the reaction in the conversation around locker rooms, the muttering that has to be going on that, that this retooled group, is particularly on the defensive side with this yeah. rookie quarterback, has got this seven-game winning streak? Well, you know what it is? It's that Bill Belichick is the GOAT. Bill Belichick is the greatest of all time. That he understands how to build football teams in his likeness and image. You know the only other person they talked about building things in his likeness and image? Yeah. It was in the Bible and it was just God. Just two quick things for me and then I'm going to turn it over to our order. That's why we practice in this show. All right, that was Bill Belichick after the win last night. Prior to that, you heard Ryan Clark comparing Bill Belichick to God. He's building his team in his likeness and image. The only other person, or he said person, the only other person that has done that is God, according to Ryan Clark. So apparently Bill Belichick is God, according to what Ryan Clark is saying. All right, a lot on the table. So is this now the Patriots division again? Are they the best team in the AFC? What are your expectations now going forward? And was it an indictment on Mac that he only threw the ball three times? One other thing before I get into the whole Mac situation is it really does feel like to me that everybody's on board again. Right, And this isn't supposed to be an indictment on Tom. But you go back to 18, you go back to 19, there was such bad blood with Brady and Belichick at that particular point in time because of the contract issues. Remember, Brady famously said at the podium after a game, I'm the most miserable 8-0 quarterback. But it really does feel like now everybody's pulling the rope in the same direction. It really does feel like these guys really like being around each other. You heard David Andrews after the game going nuts. You heard after the game last night, Matthew Judon's making jokes about the fact that, hey, the offense deserves a lot of credit, the offensive line, the running backs, really everybody but Mac deserves credit, just joking around. Uh, this is something that's been missing for this team over the last couple of years. Even Jonu Smith, he's on with Merloni and Fourier earlier today, and he's messing around about Mac Jones where – Lou and Christian told him that Mac had just told him like three hours prior that he shuts off his phone, which seems a little insane, like insane rather. He shuts off his phone during the week, and John O. Smith says, hey, thanks for that. I'm going to give him crap about that tomorrow, essentially. I'm paraphrasing what John O. Smith said. So it does feel like right now it's a team that's, A, pulling the rope in the right direction, but B, and maybe more importantly, it's Bill's organization again. It's Bill's team again. And obviously, you won those three Super Bowls with Tom Brady in the last decade. 
But it did feel at the end there that Belichick, I don't want to say he lost control of the team, but it was almost like you had Brady guys and you had Belichick guys, right? Gronk obviously was clearly a Brady guy. He retired, and he didn't want to come back unless he was going with Brady to Tampa Bay. But now it feels like everybody's on the same page. Everybody's going in the right direction right now, and it is a really fun and entertaining team to watch. And Bill's at his best right now because he's built a team where the rest of the league is zigging and he's zagging where it feels like everybody's looking for that next Pat Mahomes-type quarterback, right? The guy that can do everything. And we see it with the Bills, with the guy like Josh Allen. Nothing against Josh Allen. He's a really good player. But it feels like everybody's looking for that star, unbelievable quarterback. The Chargers with Herbert. The Bengals with Joe Burrow. And it feels like Bill just looks at it as, I just need a point guard. I just need a guy, and maybe part of this with Belichick goes back to what happened last year, and obviously Bill is the guy that signed Cam Newton, but I have to imagine there's a part of Bill that going through that process last year was like, okay, I got to get back to what I had for 20 years, not to say to have Tom Brady again, but to have a quarterback that you know that he's going to get the ball out when he needs to get the ball out. He's going to be on schedule, and he's going to do exactly what the game plan dictates. And I know last night is not the best example of this in terms of Mac Jones. He threw the ball three freaking times. But just getting back to the original point is the fact that you could have a quarterback go out there last night and only hand the ball off three times. That would have never happened with Brady. And obviously you're winning all the time with Brady. So obviously you want him to throw the football. But last night, this is what the game plan dictated. And Mac Jones, because he's a rookie, because he's not established in the league yet, Bill can do things his way. And this is why I think you're seeing a rejuvenated Bill Belichick is the fact that he's doing everything that he wants to do right now in terms of complete control of the team, complete autonomy. And that entails, okay, let's make some history. We're going to be the first team since 1974 that only attempts three pass attempts in a game. We're going to become the first team this millennium to use that personnel as often it was used in terms of the six linemen. We're going to do this stuff differently than people are doing it right now. And it gives him all the ability and all the leeway to do whatever he wants. So I do feel like there was a sense of Belichick. I'm not saying he lost the team, but it was him and Tom. Now it's just Bill. Now it's just Bill and he can do whatever he wants. But I did want to get to this for a second. So Mac only throws the ball three times last night. Is that an indictment on Mac? Well, a lot of people have been critical of the fact that Mac didn't throw the ball a whole lot last night. And Mac has some, as people would say, limitations in his game. Let's see what uh, Skip Bayless thought about Mac Jones last night. I'm not in the Hall of Fame, but I know a lot about football. And what I saw last night was an overrated Belichick getting real cute and getting away with it because the guy that you have loved on this show from the start, Josh Allen, is not that guy. Once again, big stage, big moment. Where are you, Josh? Would you help, help me out here? How many points did the Patriots score last night? More than the Bills. 14 points. 14 points. Help me out. Look at your stats over there. Yeah. What were they on third down last night? Two of 12, and they got away with it. Is this not an indictment of Mac Jones? Because to me, this is saying I have no regard for my rookie quarterback because I won't even let him throw with the wind last night, and I got away with it, and I'm about to demonstrate how many times they got away with it because Josh Allen stunk it up again and again and again and again. So the first thing I would say as it pertains to Skip Bayless's comments, 
How did Belichick get too cute? He did the same thing over and over again. It's not like Bill in that game last night was taking a whole lot of risk or anything along those lines. It's not like he was sending Nick Folk out there for field goals that he knew he couldn't hit because of the win, like we saw with Sean McDermott with Bass. There's no way he was hitting that kick in those conditions. In fact, he alluded to it before the game did Bass in terms of what they were going to be able to do in those circumstances. So I just don't understand how Bill got too cute in the game. If anything, you could make the argument that Belichick was too conservative, right? Because his quarterback only threw the ball three times. But to sit here and say that Bill got too cute is ridiculous. See, this is the whole thing with Skip Bayless is you sort of stick to your stance. And look, he's very passionate about it. I don't know how he fakes that because there's no way he feels that way. Here were some of Skip Bayless's tweets last night during the game. Belichick got cute tonight and got away with it. Brady, greater than like 5 million times hoodie. Okay. Mac Jones completed two of three passes tonight. One was a screen. The other was an amazing one-handed catch on a windblown overthrow. When Brady was a first-year starter, he would have owned this game, as he did the driving snow playoff victory over the Raiders. Okay, let's really put ourselves back into 2001. Does anybody think if the Patriots with Brady played in that game last night in Buffalo, Brady's first year as a starter, so technically his second year in the NFL, that Belichick would have had Brady airing the football out? No. I mean, are you kidding me? No, I think Belichick sort of got off on what happened last night. He could have thrown the ball a little bit more, but when he got to, all right, these guys can't stop us running the football, and more importantly, they're not going to score on us. I think Belichick was feeling that, and he was feeling the history of it, and he was feeling the fact that he was demoralizing the Bills last night in terms of – that's embarrassing, right? A team only throws the ball three times in your house, and they're beating you, and there's nothing you can do about it. I feel like Bill completely dug into that in terms of just the history of it and the fact that he could rub it in the Bills' face. Hey, I don't even need to throw the ball to beat you. And that's demoralizing. It, quite frankly, it's emasculating. I don't need to do anything. I'm just going to sit back. We're going to run the ball occasionally. We got the lead that we need. You're not going to score. In fact, you can make an argument in that game last night. Belichick was basically daring the Bills to score. Hey, go ahead and score. And they couldn't do it. They couldn't score. So I feel like that was more so about that than it was anything else in terms of what Skip Bayless is talking about. I'm not in the Hall of Fame, but I know yeah. a lot about football. Then we know where you're not in the Hall of Fame, Skip. But just getting back to like his whole start of this thing with Mac Jones only completing two or three passes and the fact that Brady would have owned the game? No, he wouldn't have. You're talking about as a first-year starter. You're talking about right now. Yeah, Brady would go into Buffalo and play in those conditions, and he'd throw the ball relatively well. We all know this. But his rookie year in the NFL, because he threw the ball in snow, you realize that it's totally different throwing the ball in snow than it is throwing the ball in 30-mile-an-hour wins. Belichick would have had the same damn game plan for Mac Jones, or I should say he would have had the same game plan for Tom Brady, first year as a starter, than he had for Mac Jones. It's just a bad statement by Skip Bayless. It makes zero sense whatsoever. It's just because he's a pro-Brady guy and an anti-Bill guy. All right, 617-779-7937 is the number. Let's get to the Prince of Positivity, David in Florida. David, what's up? How do you think, what do you think Corey would have done in a, in a similar game to that? <laughs> what? if, what's the baseball comparison? I don't know. I just felt like asking. I think Cora would keep running, too. Uh, you think so? You think he would have thrown? Think... I don't know. I think I, I think he would have tried to back-to-back bunts in a, in, a, in a wind-blown game like that. 
Wait, but hold on. Maybe, you're, you're the one that tells me that you want him to bunt more, so. Yeah, remember? I mean, I suggested a while ago that they that they lead off the game with back-to-back bunts. Right, so now you're, saying, you're like, making fun of course. Yeah. Yeah, because he's so easy to make fun of. But at any rate, the defense last night is what won the game for the Patriots. If the defense didn't play given a performance, maybe even an A-plus, if they didn't give that, do that great a job, then they would not have been able to um, consistently run the ball on offense as much as they did. And, I mean, in many regards, they were also somewhat very fortunate to come away with a win because, yes, the defense played great, but, but Buffalo was driving towards the end. And if um, – the coach, what the heck's his name again? McDermott. Uh, McDermott, if he didn't mismanage things at the end, they would have more time left. Um, and, I mean, you're putting all your eggs in one basket when you play that way. And, I mean, I still, I don't care. I mean, I, I still believe that Mac could have could have thrown a half a dozen safe passes in that game, screen passes. It took them far too long. One play they didn't do it all, they did very little of, was the, the old um, bootleg, fake the pitch left and roll out right, tight end curl. They didn't do any of that. Yeah, but, they, they, uh, I mean, I David, mean, in fairness, though, they don't do that with Mac a lot to begin with. They don't roll him out and have him well, throw. True, but it, it was, uh, I mean, last. I mean, if you pitch it left, you pitch it left, you run left, next play you, you fake left and go right. Uh, I mean, you're setting them up. Yeah, and look, David, they, they, I understand they, they, I understand your point. I felt like, okay, I appreciate the call as always, David. I felt like there were more opportunities for Mac to throw the ball. Like, you felt like, okay, at some point, and I, it felt like the Bills are actually petrified of this happening, that eventually you were going to get a play-action pass. It felt like that was going to happen at some point. And it just, quite frankly, it never really happened. But you did feel like, at least I did, I felt like McDaniel was, was setting up the Bills' defense for that. And it felt like the Bills were awfully cautious of that actually happening. So I agree with David in the sense, I can't believe I just said that. I agree with David. I agree with David in the sense that there were more opportunities for Mac to throw the ball. I would have liked to see Mac Jones throw the football more, but I think it's for two reasons. A, because they didn't need to. Belichick felt like, okay, they're not going to score on us, so we don't need to do it. And secondly, I do really think, and you can call me crazy for this, but I feel like Belichick got off on that last night. Like, he's looking at it like, okay, well, we're at three right now. They're not going to do anything against us. Let's just not throw. Let's just embarrass them even more. It's almost like psychological warfare, right? Where it weighs more on the bills that you're losing in this fashion, right? It would have been different if Mac threw for, like, 175 yards and he was, like, 11 of 15, and they had the running statistics that they did as well. But it's a totally different thing where they just said, we're just going to completely take one element of our offense away. We're not going to use it whatsoever because, A, we feel like we're going to be able to run the ball on you with some success. Even if it's not as efficient as we'd like it to be, we're still going to stay on the field. We're going to have the ball four minutes more than you during the game. And the most important part of that whole factor is we don't believe you can score on us. And that's the thing that I think was the biggest message that Bill sent is, we don't need to throw the ball because we don't believe, hey, when you get the ball, you're not going to score at us. And I do really believe that going back to the beginning of the game, that two-point conversion, that's when I felt like the game was over. I felt like, okay, this is just going to be the 
situation where the Bills are not going to be able to match this in terms of their coach is not going to make the right decision when it comes to the two-point conversion. Their coach is not factored in the wind in this game whatsoever because of how he started the game and what he decided to do coming out at halftime. But I did truly believe that once they got that two-point conversion and the fact that Bill was going to be playing ahead in those conditions, I felt like the Patriots going to win right then and there. But you look at it in terms of the red zone defense last night, that was the big thing. The Bills won for four in the red zone. So we've seen this defense at times bend this season, but they don't break. That's the big thing, right, to go to the cliche. But if you look at last night, they moved from third in the NFL in red zone defense to second in terms of touchdown percentage. They're at 45.7. Just, of course, the one last night, but that was on the short field. Thank you very much to Nikhil Harry, which is another thing that I know it's been discussed a little bit today. What the hell was that? Why is Nikhil Harry back there returning punts or back there to return punts? Not that he returned it, but, I mean, come on. What are we doing? If you're going to put somebody back there that's not Gunner, put a sure-handed guy back there like, I don't know, Jacoby Myers. Somebody that can actually catch. Nikhil Harry's never proven he's good at catching the football. Why the hell is he back there? Bill definitely got away with that one. But anyway, let's get to this. So fourth quarter, 9-0-4 left. 14-10 game. First and goal at the Patriots 5. Zach Moss runs for no gain, which I don't know why you're running up middle against the Patriots. I don't know why. Brian Dayball and Sean McDermott aren't running to the perimeter. Makes zero sense. Why isn't Josh Allen running? Okay. Second and goal at the six. Josh Allen takes a sack. Dietrich Wise puts pressure up the middle, and Judon gets to Allen. And he trips over a guy. He keeps going backwards. I mean, it's just a dumb play by Allen. He makes it worse. He takes a nine-yard sack. Then how about the third and goal at the 15? Allen thinks he has a free play. Okay. It appeared somebody was offside there. I believe it was Judon, or it could have been Van Noy or Heights. I forget who it was, but nonetheless, you get the point. He thinks he has a free play, but if you don't hear the whistle, why do you just throw it up? And Allen was never under pressure on that play, and he just threw it up for no reason, ends up not getting a free play, so he just wasted third and 15, and then the idiot Sean McDermott sends Bass out there to kick a 33-yard field goal when we know he's kicking the ball into the wind, and we know the wind's going to take it, and he misses the field goal. Unbelievable in terms of, now, good red zone defense by the Patriots, but the Bills made mistakes. And that's kind of how it felt last night. The Patriots are like, we're daring you to beat us. We're not going to lose the game. Mac's not going to lose the game. He's barely going to throw the football. Our offense is not going to lose the game. We're not going to turn it over unless it's to kill Harry on special teams. We're not turning it over. But we're betting you're going to make the critical mistakes, and the Buffalo Bills did. But anyway, you look at their last chance in the game. The Bills have another opportunity late. To get a touchdown. And by the way, this is all they're going for a touchdown here at the end of the game because of the two-point conversion earlier. Anyway, first and 10 with 230 left. Singletary one-yard run, again, up the middle. I don't understand what the Bills thought they were doing running the ball up the middle. At the strength of the Patriots' defense, made no sense. Okay, second and nine. Allen incomplete pass. Remember, this is the one where they really should have sacked him. Van Noy got a hand on him. Hightower may have got a hand on him. He was scrambling like crazy. And then Adrian Phillips makes the great play on Dawson Knox where Dawson Knox is in the end zone trying to like sort of box out Adrian Phillips. He comes out and he knocks it away. Great play by Phillips. The Bills fans are pissed off. They're looking for a flag. It was an interference. And then you have a situation where the fourth, uh, fourth and 14, remember that? Where Bryant essentially comes off. I don't know who exactly Josh Allen was going for there. I don't know who he's throwing the football to, but... Miles Bryant comes off his man to make the deflection there. 
And that's a big time play because he leaves his guy to make the play in terms of on the ball. So it's a nice play by Miles Bryant. But those are their two big opportunities late in the game. And Belichick was basically handing them those opportunities. He said, offensively, we're not going to throw the ball. We're going to run the ball, and we're going to punt it back to you. We're fine doing that because we believe when you get in the red zone, now that we have that four-point lead because we went for two early in the game, you're not going to score. That's why I keep going back to that two-point conversion and why it was such a big thing in the game was because the Bills were going for touchdowns late. And quite frankly, they should have gone for it, even though it was fourth and 15 earlier. But they decided not to, and they decided to kick it into the wind. I mean, just an idiotic decision by Sean McDermott. And I, I don't understand their game plan, quite frankly. The Patriots, if you're going to run on the Pats, it's got to be on the perimeter. You can't run up the middle on those guys. you got to get outside and take advantage of some of the Patriots in terms of the linebackers aren't fast. The Bentleys, the Hightower's not the same guy he used to be. You, they don't have a lot of speed at the linebacking core. But if you run the ball up the middle, you're not going to get anything on that defensive line. And the linebackers just, just come up. They see it in front of them. It just, I don't know what the Bills were thinking. All right, a lot more to get into. So, I do want to get to this. So, of all the days to praise Mac Jones, somebody did it today, which seems a little bit bizarre. And this is somebody that was a Mac Jones hater. We'll get to that next here on WEI. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. Back clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You said my word. Even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to tunein.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. If your day sounds like we need the report ASAP, you deserve Medella. If you've persevered through, you deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp but refreshing taste. Or if you overcame, you deserve this ice cold reward. Medella, the Markable Fighter. Drink responsibly, beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. It's better over here. After investing billions to light up our network, T Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and ATT at tmobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allow 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. We're right back to what you want to hear. More of Brian Barrett on EEI. All right, so just to kind of put a bow on, was it an indictment on Mac Jones and he only threw the ball three times last night? Brian Barrett with you up until midnight. 617-779-7937 is the number. I'm not overly concerned about Mac only throwing the ball three times last night. I don't look at it as like Belichick didn't trust him whatsoever. I feel like this is a situation where he would have thrown the ball more, but Bill got into the history portion of the game and the fact that he was demoralizing and embarrassing the opponent without throwing the football. They just stuck with it. I don't feel like this means like, oh, Bill's concerned about Mac in terms of cold weather situations. No, I feel like this is a very unique situation in terms of the weather. If you go back to the Titans game last night, or last week, rather, when it was cold, Mac Jones is throwing the ball like crazy, right? He threw for north of 300 yards in a cold situation. Now, obviously, last night was colder, but it was cold last Sunday at Foxborough. This was a very unique situation where you had 30-mile-an-hour winds. 
In fact, Bill mentioned after the game last night, the closest thing they've had to this was back in 2008 when Matt Castle was the quarterback. Okay, Matt Castle goes to Buffalo in Week 17, a game that the Patriots at that time, it was their final game of the season, of course, as I said, Week 17. But they needed to win to at least put themselves in a position to hope for one of the other teams, the Dolphins or the Jets, to lose so they could get into the postseason. Now, they didn't end up getting into the postseason, but they needed to win that game, and they did. Well, in that game that Matt Castle started in, where Bill compared the conditions to last night to 2008 when Matt Castle was the quarterback, you know how many times Matt Castle threw the ball in that game? Eight. So when you were talking about similar weather conditions, Bill's plan, and I know Matt Castle was technically his first year as a starter as well because he took over for Brady after Brady tore his ACL in the opening game against Kansas City. But you get the point. Because of the weather, Bill took that into consideration. Matt Castle was throwing the ball a lot during that season. Not the same level that Brady would have been throwing it, but he was throwing it. Remember, he got a big contract from Kansas City after that. And so that same sort of situation played itself out last night where Belichick said, okay, this is what happened in 08. We couldn't really throw the ball. We weren't going to try to throw the ball. We were going to run the ball, win that way, and the Patriots did end up winning that game. And we're going to do the same thing last night with Mac Jones. I just feel like they could have thrown it a couple more times, but Bill got caught up in demoralizing the Bills, saying we're not going to do anything or we're going to keep doing this because you can't stop us. And then we know offensively you're not going to be able to score. So I look at the game against the Titans last week where the Titans sold out to stop the run early in that game, and they put the game in Mac Jones's hands in a cold situation in a without the crazy wins, and Bill said, go ahead and win us this game in the first half. And Mac was throwing the ball like – now, some of those drives stalled out, but it wasn't like Mac played poorly in that game. He was really good. He had the highest passer rating in the NFL in Week 12. So I don't lose faith in Mac Jones or say, oh, Belichick's lost faith in, in Mac Jones or anything along those lines because he only threw three times in that game. I'm not going that far, but I do want to get to this for a second there. So Colin Coward – on his show today, which it, this is a really weird time to like be propping up Mac Jones. If you were going to prop up Mac Jones, it would have been after the Tennessee game, right? Because he threw for north of 300 yards. He had some really nice throws in that game. It feels weird that today would be the day that Colin Cowherd was propping up Mac Jones, but he actually did. Mac Jones ain't going to work, folks. It's not going to work. You just got to come to terms with it. It's not going to work. Okay, so that was Colin Cowherd before the NFL draft talking about Mac Jones. Here was Colin Cowherd today on Mac Jones. Folks, young Mac Jones looks like young Tom Brady. You need to just put your arms around it because that's exactly what it looks like. Okay, can we do that again? So here is Colin Cowherd before the draft. Mac Jones ain't going to work, folks. It's not going to work. You just got to come to terms with it. It's not going to work. Here is Colin Cowherd today. Folks, young Mac Jones looks like young Tom Brady. You need to just put your arms around it because that's exactly what it looks like. See, this is where I give Wiggy some credit because Wiggy has from the beginning been anti-Mac Jones. Doesn't like him as a player, right? And he sticks by it. Now, sometimes he doesn't look very good for doing it, but Wiggy just sticks by the take. Just like, for example, Skip Bayless, he sticks by this take, like these awful Belichick takes. He doesn't think Belichick's a good coach, but he sticks by those takes. Howard will just change dramatically, and the conviction is what's the most impressive about Coward. You just got to wrap your arms around it. Mac Jones looks like a young Tom Brady. This is just four months or five, I should say more than that, like six months prior to him saying, or six months after him saying, Mac Jones ain't going to work. He went from Mac Jones ain't going to work 
and he was emphatic about the fact that Mac Jones could not be a franchise quarterback in the NFL to just six months later saying, you know what, he's a young Tom Brady, and saying it with conviction. Unbelievable to me that a guy can just flip-flop that quickly after six months. Now, Wiggy's going to end up wrong in the long run, but at least he's given it more than six months to stick with the take. Unbelievable to me. Oh, and by the way, speaking of which, so we keep referencing the three pass attempts that Mac Jones had last night or in the fact that they barely threw the football. Well, one good thing to sort of come from that is the fact that the Patriots are now going to have a whole different game plan next time they play the Bills that, quite frankly, the Bills have not had an opportunity to see. So earlier today, Bill Belichick did his weekly appearance with the Greg Hill Show, and Courtney Cox asked him about what could be different next time around. <laughs> yeah, we were talking about that last night. We can we can use our whole passing game. Um, <laughs> yeah. all, all the pass plays that we have, they haven't seen. So we can, <laughs> we can use all of them next time we play them. But that game plan has already been made. Um, but, yeah, I think any time, you know, you play a team that's, um, you know, in almost in succession, like like we do here, you know, twice in three weeks or whatever it is. Um, <clears throat> you know, you just have to be careful and and realize that it, it's even though it's the same two teams, it's not the same game. All right, so that was Bill Belichick this morning. That does kind of have to worry you if you're the Bills, right? So the Patriots beat you without having to show you any of their passing game, none of the play action stuff, nothing along those lines. They beat you that way. So next time you get ready for the Patriots, it's like you're going to have to game plan for a totally different opponent. You're not game planning for the same Patriots team you just played. You're going to be game planning for a team that you're playing in Foxborough that's actually going to throw the football. And they already lost to a team that said, we're only going to play one way. 617-779-7937, the number. Let's get to Joe in Millis. Joe, what's up, man? Hey, Brian. Thanks for taking my call. I wanted to comment on uh, Jones' performance yesterday. It was a pretty good one considering the, the, the conditions. He uh, he um, didn't fumble the ball. He ran three quarterback sneaks. He uh, was two for three in passing, and that one that he didn't get, that guy dropped the ball. I think that uh, overall he played a, a pretty decent game on what what he was asked to do, and um, the the defense was played monster. They, Buffalo had great field position. And um, one other thing about the only coaching ever that I saw was I might have um, passed a little more to keep the uh, Buffalo defense more honest about the run, but I I would have threw the um, challenge flag on that on that pass on the sidelines. Uh, Buffalo completed. He dragged his toe a little bit. I, I might have thrown the challenge flag, and if I was Belichick, and challenged that call. The one to Diggs. Yep. Yeah, I thought he caught it, though, Joe, honestly. But he dragged that toe. I, it might have been on the line the second time down. So, Well, I'll tell you, you what, know. Joe. Him challenging that would have been a better challenge than McDermott challenging the spot on Mac. Uh, oh, I think so. We, that was a no-brainer. I think that, you know, you couldn't even see in through the pile. Of course, it was going to be inconclusive. So, I mean, that was a wasted um, timeout. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that was unreal. Joe, appreciate the call, man. His line's open if you want to grab it at 617-779-7937. Yeah, that challenge that McDermott had, it just, 
Look, to be truthful about that, I don't think that Mac picked up the first down there. But there's no way that I could prove that. And there is no way that video evidence was going to prove that because you couldn't see Mac. He goes into that pile and he disappears. You cannot see him. And it was smart by Mac to just like keep moving forward and come up the other side because then they were going to give you the first down. But there's no way that the officials are going to overturn that. It was a dumb challenge by McDermott. I, quite frankly, I thought Diggs was in bounds there on that catch. I don't know, Justin, you were watching the game. Did you think differently or did you think he was caught it? I thought he was in. Yeah, so I it, it would have been a wasted challenge by Bill. But I will say this. It was more close than the Mac thing. I mean, the Mac thing made no sense to challenge that. In terms of Mac's performance, I just look at it as I really can't give him a grade. I'm not going to say, like, oh, that's an F on Mac because he only threw the ball three times, and this means the coach doesn't trust him. No, I think Belichick got caught up on the fact that they were just giving it to the Bills and they didn't need to throw the football. It feels like, to me, it's one of those things where it's like he did not participate. Mac barely participated in the game. He did what the coaches asked him to. He handed the ball off to Damian Harris. He handed the ball off to Stevenson. He handed the ball off to Bolden. He threw the ball three times. So I can't really say, like, Anything that Mac did last night impressed me. I guess in some sense you can look at it and say, well, you know what? It's good that he's not, like, changing things up on McDaniels, but he's a rookie. He's not going to do that. He's not going to say, okay, I'm going to audible all this stuff and I'm going to start throwing the ball like crazy. He's not going to do that. So I really can't even put a letter grade on Mac's performance last night. How could you? The guy threw the football three times, and it's not like he's part of the running game, right? And that's actually another factor of this that makes it even more embarrassing for the Bills. It's not even like you got beat by a Lamar Jackson-led run game where the quarterback's a big factor in the run. It's a quarterback that doesn't run. He's one of the quarterbacks that is the old-school statue quarterback. You got embarrassed by that team running the football. Let's get to Dylan and Lemonster. What's up, Dylan? What's going on, Brian? How you doing? I'm doing well. How about yourself? Good. I, I couldn't help but watch uh, McDermott on the sideline and just think he kind of reminds me of Bill Burr. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, do he think? does. And I was going to ask you, like, what do you think he's going to do differently? I mean, we know he can't stop the run, so how is he going to contend with, with Belichick if they meet again later on in the season? Thanks. All right, Dylan, I appreciate the phone call. I think the first thing that he's going to need to do is calm down. Get his composure because the team kind of took that on last night. The team was out of control because the coach was out of control. But from a defensive perspective, I think he's going to put less men in the box because he's going to realize that next time around, Mac Jones is going to have to throw the ball. And they beat you just running the football. I think really the change for the Bills in the next game is going to have to come from the offensive side. That team is built now, as, and I know they have one of the best defenses in the league, but they have digs. Dawson Knox sucked last night, but he's had a really good season. Seven touchdowns, right? So Knox has had a good season. Sanders is fine. Beasley's a good possession guy. I feel like it's going to have to come from the offense. And the other thing I would say that they have to do, the Bills, if you're going to run on the Patriots, you can't run up the gut. They're going to stop you every time. You have to get out of the perimeter and take advantage of some of these linebackers that the Patriots have that are not very fast. It, it doesn't really makes sense to me that that's the route that the Bills went last night. So I would say that's the biggest thing. It's more offense than defense. The Patriots, yeah, they ran the ball a ton, and they ran for a lot of yards, but the efficiency wasn't as great as you would think it would be after the fact that they only threw the ball three times. But if I look at the Bills, their adjustment has to come from a defense, from an offensive perspective more so than anything else. All right, 617-779-7937, the number. A lot more to get into, including... Apparently, somebody was denied an interview with Mac Jones. We'll get to it next here on WEI. 
right back to it. This is Brian Barrett on EEI. All right, by the way, if you're wondering, C's down 85-69 right now to the Lakers. About three minutes left in the third quarter. No Jalen Brown in this game. Tatum trying to carry the team again by himself. Not going very well for the C's. Tatum's playing well, but the C's in general not playing well. J-Lo's at the game, by the way, with Ben Affleck. Then it'll look very interesting in the game. Ben does not so much J-Lo. Oh, so I did want to get to this. So apparently, so if, if you want, I didn't watch the Manning cast last night just because I usually do, but I usually don't have an interest in the game in terms of I want this team to win, right? Last night I did because it was the Patriots. So I watched just the regular broadcast instead of the Manning cast because the Manning cast too, you got both those guys up there. You want to pay attention to the game. I like the entertainment of the Mannings. I, I think it's a great broadcast, but I didn't want to do it for the Patriots game. I needed the normal broadcast. Apparently, Peyton Manning reached out to Mac Jones, and he wanted to interview him. Uh, Peyton, you said you talked to Josh Allen. Did you talk to Mac Jones? You know, do you talk to all the quarterbacks? Well, I tried to talk to Mac Jones, and he was very respectful. He said, Peyton, I want to do it, but can you call our PR uh, director, uh, uh, Stacy, because he kind of has to oversee all things. I said, no problem. I called Stacy. He was very professional. I said, Stacy, I'm talking to Coach Belichick. You know, can I talk to Mac Jones? And I, I got to tell you, I appreciate how they're handling Mac Jones. They are trying to protect him, give him as few off-the-field distractions um, as possible, let him concentrate on playing football. So, yes, I did get denied. It was the first quarterback I haven't talked to, but I appreciate it. All right, so a couple of things there. First thing is I kind of like it just because, look, he's a rookie. He's got his weekly interview with Christian and Lou. He has, like, what, four press conferences a week. He doesn't need to spend extra time talking to Peyton Manning. I don't mind that whatsoever from Bill Belichick. And I know he says Stacey James, but Bill's the one that makes the decisions on that. I wonder if part of it is the fact that, remember earlier on the season during the Manning cast, Peyton said, quote, Every time I played against New England, I used to talk to my receivers in the showers. Don't talk about a play next to my locker because I know it's bugged. I think maybe Bill's like, yeah, this guy's talking about me cheating. I'm not so sure I want my quarterback talking to him right now. Maybe it's like, yeah, Peyton, I'm not going to help your broadcast. Maybe that's what it is. Let's get to Brent. He's in Shrewsbury. What's up, Brent? Hey, what's up? What's up? So I heard you talking about uh, Belichick saying on Greg Hill that the whole passing playbook's open and it made me think like the third and 10 plays you know I hope we'll actually use them and, and need them and, well if we need them you know what I mean but yeah I'm thinking like second and two third and one play action just like not even X's and O's I'm thinking psychologically the Bills linebackers must be overly aggressive like there's no way just how they could come and not play the run overly aggressive so I think play action will be lethal yeah, and Brent, I think to your point, if you look at last night, it took them forever to realize they weren't going to use play action because it took until the fourth quarter until they started using Matt Milano like run blitzing. And he made some big plays late in the game, but it took them that long because it felt like they were waiting for Josh McDaniels to catch him. And it took him until the fourth quarter to realize he wasn't going to try to do it. Yeah, so if, if I had to guess, just throwing out a number just like, 60-40, still, still run 60%, but if we have like a 60-40 run-pass split with a lot of play action, 
because then they'll, you know, with the run being successful and that <laughs> the emotional damage that happened yesterday, <laughs> I think they're going to go nuts on play action, man, and it'll be yeah. wide open for the tight ends. Yeah, and Brent, it's a fair point. I appreciate the call, man. It's a fair point because the Bills didn't have to deal with any of the passing game. That's what I think is fascinating about the next matchup. They're going to have to prepare for something they didn't see. Oh, real quick, I wanted to get to Akeem Tlaib. He was on the Manning cast last night. Listen to what he had to say about Bill Belichick. Hey, Akeem, how involved was no. Bill Belichick um, on a daily basis with the defense, right? I mean, was he in meetings with the defense going over the game plan, or was he letting the D coordinators do that? Nah, Bill is the D coordinator, man. Bill, Bill run the defense. Uh, Josh McDaniels and the quarterback basically run the offense. Now, if they got some type of, you know, hidden meeting Number where they discuss plans and stuff, I don't know about, man. I don't know about. But uh, for the most part, man, uh, I used to have a, a meeting with Bill at the beginning of the week, kind of tell me my job, and he was super involved in, uh, in the defense, in the defense, man. So Bill is the D coordinator. Know that. All right, so a couple of things. <laughs> know that, he says at the end. How about the fact that Bill and Aqib Tlaib, like we knew about these Brady-Bill meetings for years that they used to meet like every Tuesday or whatever it was, every Wednesday or Thursday. Brady and Belichick would always meet. In fact, in that... Belichick documentary, they show one of the meetings before a Ravens game. But I never knew that him and Aqib Tlaib met every week when Tlaib was here. I loved Tlaib when he was a Patriot. I mean, the guy was a great player. But nonetheless, the other thing is that he says Bill's basically the defensive coordinator. I wonder if that started this year because it feels like Bill started to get a little bit more hands-on after the Cowboys game. You think he left the rope out a little bit for Steve Belichick? In that Cowboys game, and then after that, Bill said, yeah, maybe I'm going to get a little bit more involved in the defense. Because it does feel like he is much more involved in the defense than he has been with Flores here or with Matt Patricia here. I'm not saying he doesn't trust Steve Belichick, but I and he gave him a ton of credit after one of the games earlier this season. But it does feel like Bill's got his handprints all over this defense. I mean, he's the guy that signed these guys to the big contracts. All right, thanks to Justin for producing. I'll be back with you tomorrow night. Have a great night, everybody. Be safe and be well. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. Back clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.